Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast, featuring Dr. George Cannon. This podcast is a ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church. Finding Clarity seeks to answer your questions about Christianity. Here's George as he looks at this week's question. Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast. This is George Cannon, and you are listening to episode 126. The Finding Clarity Podcast is a podcast ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church where we seek to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. So each week we put together a podcast focused on a particular question that we've been asked or that we think is relevant to where you are today. It might be a question that you're wrestling with or someone has asked you about. And it's a question that you wouldn't normally hear an answer for if you were involved in a morning service or if you were in Sunday school or even in a Bible study. And today's question is one that has to do with our lives and a promise that Jesus made concerning his followers. And it's especially relevant today as we're facing the hardship that we're facing with regards to the coronavirus uh, crisis that we find ourselves in. And you're saying, okay, George, what in the world are you talking about? Well, let me, let me tell you the question, and we're going to tell you what the issue is. Here's, here's the question. What did Jesus mean when he promised an abundant life? What did Jesus mean when he promised an abundant life? You're thinking, oh, okay, yeah, Jesus said we would have an abundant life. I'm not experiencing that right now. What about that promise? Yeah, I can see the relevance of that question. Well, that's what we're going to look at today, and we're going to take it in two sections. Because I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of people who talk about the abundant life and what that means for the Christian life. But it's not actually what the Bible says. It's actually a lie. So we're going to look, first of all, at what the popular lie is right now in our culture, in our nation. And then we're going to look exactly what was Jesus talking about. We're going to look at Jesus' words when he made that promise. So let's take a look, first of all, at the, the popular lie. And when I say popular, I mean it's popular. There are forms of it, which is outright lies, but there's also a subtle form that seems to be embraced by a lot of people. So let me just kind of talk to you about what we think of from popular culture, popular Christian culture, what we see on TV also as far as what the abundant life is. So here's the first point. The promise of an abundant life is often referred to by false teachers. The promise of an abundant life is often referred to by false teachers. And what will happen is, especially those who hold to prosperity theology, that is a theology that teaches that God wants you to be healthy and wealthy, they will often quote this verse that Jesus came so that you could have life and you can have it more abundantly. So this is a lie. This is a concept of abundance that's being spoken of here that's propagated by these false teachers. Here's my second point. They equate abundance with material wealth. 
they equate abundance with material wealth. They think in terms of abundance with regards to how much money you have or how much health you have. How big's your bank account? Is God blessing you financially? In fact, when they speak in terms of the abundant life, that is often what they're talking about. Money and health. Money and health. And so they equate abundance with material wealth. Third thing I want you to see here is that they would say the key to the promise of abundance is your faith. The key to the promised abundance. They would say Jesus has promised you this abundance, but the key to you receiving it or getting it or claiming it is your faith. You need to claim it by faith. You need to speak the word and it belongs to you. They would say that the key is your faith. And if you say, well, I'm, I don't have this abundance. I'm not experiencing that financial blessing. They would say to you, well, you don't have enough faith to trust Jesus to provide it for you. So this is the big lie that's out there. This is the popular lie that abundance refers to material blessing. Now, here's my fourth point I want you to see. Because a lot of you would say, well, you know, George, I don't struggle with prosperity theology. I recognize that it's wrong. Well, here's the fourth point I want you to see. Sadly, many believers have adopted a subtle form of this teaching. Many believers in North America would never identify themselves with prosperity theology. However, they do and have embraced a subtle form of this teaching, which basically says that if you're following God, if you're being right with him, then he's going to bless you. And that blessing would be expressed in how you're doing financially and even in how you're doing health-wise. Not as blatant as a prosperity theologian, but you would be wondering that. And you say, well, I'm not sure if I agree with you on that one, George. Well, listen, right now we're in the midst of a crisis. Right now we're in the midst of a disease that's ravaging those in our nation, that is destroying our economy. And you're probably wondering, and maybe you have said to yourself, God, why are you allowing this to happen? I'm going to be honest with you, that, my friends points to the fact that you've embraced a subtle form of this false teaching. You're assuming that God is the one who is creating the problem. The problem is created because we live in a fallen world. And God didn't promise you that you would exist in this world without problems. What it's expressing is, is you don't have a theology of suffering. If anything, the Bible assumes that you and I are going to suffer. But if you've embraced a subtle form of this where you view the abundant life as a life without problems, you're not in a good way. So then that really raises that question that we're trying to look at here, and that is, what did Jesus mean when he promised an abundant life? What did Jesus mean when he promised an abundant life? And, and I've got five things I just want to point out to you here when we look at this, okay? Five things. First of all, you need to look at the context in order to understand the promise. See, oftentimes what we'll do is, 
is we like a verse, we're reading along, and there's that verse, that verse speaks to me. And so we take that verse and what it says, remove it from its context, and then we hold on to it, and which is what the prosperity theologians are doing with this. We hold on to it as some sort of promise to us, but we, we fail to see what the context is in which Jesus said it. So let's look at the context. You're going to find it in John chapter 10, but let's go back. It's in verse 10, but let's go back to verse 7, and we're going to read through verse 11. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gave his life for the sheep. Okay, so first of all, if we're going to understand the context, we need to look at why he said that. And he's using that here in his discussion concerning him being the door of the sheep or the good shepherd. That's the context in which he's talking about here. And so he's going to make several points here that I want you to see that are going to help us to understand what he means by abundant life. Abundant life. So first of all, Jesus is contrasting his role as Savior versus the Jewish leaders. He's contrasting his role as Savior versus the Jewish leaders. He says he's the door of the sheep. Now you have to understand Yes, they would be out in the fields at night, but when they would go into a town, they would probably take the sheep into a walled area that had an opening, and the the shepherd then would lay in that opening and function as a door to keep the sheep in. That's what he's talking about here. I'm the door of the sheep. He says everybody who came before him was a thief and a robber. Now, what he's referring to here is the Jewish leaders. He's contrasting himself as the Savior versus what the Jewish leaders were doing with them. Which brings me to my third point. Unlike their leaders who benefited from the people, Jesus cares for them. See, the leaders who were supposed to take care of the sheep didn't. They used the sheep for their own benefit. So they robbed from them. They stole from them. Jesus says, I am the door. I am the one who cares for you. He's not the same. So that's the contrast that's going on here. That's the contrast that he wants them to see. In fact, Jesus, when he makes that statement, this is what he's saying. He came not to rob them, but to provide life to his followers. That's what he means when he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will not be killed. He will go out and find good pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have more 
it more abundantly. He's talking about these thieves were taking their life from them, and they were doing that by the religious leaders, especially by imposing on them a bondage and so forth of the law, a bondage of keeping the traditions and everything. But Jesus says he's come because he cares for them, and he's giving them life. He's not there to steal from them, but he's there to give them life. That's what he's talking about. He came not to rob them, but to provide life to his followers. And so then when you see what he says here, especially verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. That brings me to the final point I want you to see here about what does he mean by the abundant life that he has promised. Here's what it is. The abundant life is the blessing of eternal life. Basically, the abundant life is the eternal life. It's salvation. That's the abundance. That's what he means. It's not material wealth, folks. It's not even a whole bunch of spiritual wealth. It's the blessing of salvation. He had come. He's going to give his life so that they can have life. In fact, isn't that what the scripture talks about? For instance, if you think back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, Paul writes, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. You and I were made alive. You and I need to understand that. He gave us life. That's what's abundant life is. It means eternal life. And when you understand the eternal life, you understand then why it's so abundant. Think about what Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 4. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue, by which has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Folks, I want you to notice just that very first line of verse 3. As his divine power, that's the Holy Spirit, has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's basically saying that the Holy Spirit has equipped you with everything you need for life and godliness. That, my friends, is the abundant life. The abundant life is eternal life. It's salvation that comes only through faith. Finding Clarity Podcast is really an opportunity to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. So we want to encourage you, if you have a question and you'd like for us to answer it, you just need to get it to us. I know we're in the midst of the lockdown here with the coronavirus situation, but there are ways that you can get us your question. You can call us here at the church, 814-236-1622 and say, hey, George, I've got a question for you and just leave a message. We check our messages quite frequently. You can contact us through our webpage, kerwinsvillechristian.org. Simply go to the contact section there, fill out a form, and we will be sure to get back with you and answer questions that you might have. 
we would also encourage you to go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Finding Clarity Podcast. We encourage you to like the page so you can keep up with what's happening on the podcast. But you can also message us or write on the wall your question and we'll see about answering it here on the podcast. Next week, we're going to look at a question that is very relevant to each and every one of us. And it has to do with forgiveness or, well, it has to do with unforgiveness. So here's the question. What does the Bible say about unforgiveness? What does the Bible say about unforgiveness? Until next week, take care.